Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join Martin, Dave, Spencer and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People. So welcome to the T2 Hubcast with me, Martin Johnson. And me, Spencer Locker. Spencer, today's topic is... Physical health and nutrition post-COVID. Love the way you did that voice, mate. Yeah. That was very posh. Yeah, it was like a voiceover. In a world. <laughs> <laughs> so physical health and nutrition in a post-COVID world or in a world that's post-COVID. And the reason we wanted to touch upon this is because on the T2 Hub, we have our well-being section. And we we often talk of thing, about things like physical health, nutrition, uh, mental health, of course. Um, and social and relationships, which are all the multifaceted approach to to overall well-being, we often get because this is not the primary area of our expertise. We often get guests in, don't we? Like yeah. nutritional therapists and PTs and people mm-hmm. who can give tips on on this. But we do we do have enough knowledge to link together why it's important for mel- mental well-being and performance psychology to, to to look after yourself. Certainly. So. Um, one of the things that's come out of COVID, Spencer, is this, you know, growing um, data around the people who have suffered the most with COVID, who, who it's impacted the most, either hospitalized or unfortunately, who people who have passed away. Uh, one of the data points is saying that um, it's the people who are unfit, obese, carrying extra weight, out of shape, just generally unhealthy. Mm. But I think one of the key indicators is obese, being overweight. I know there's underlying health issues like diabetes and autoimmune conditions, uh, lung disease, heart disease, that really are, are factors as well. But just in general, without those underlying health issues, people who are obese or overweight have, have really struggled with the illness. Yeah. Um, it's, again, it's, it's not necessarily a fact that if you, if you are in, uh, if you're overweight, obese or, or, um, suffering from situation, physical situations like that doesn't necessarily make you more uh, vulnerable to catching the disease. But when if you do catch the disease, yeah. the effects are can be quite markedly worse. Yeah, it's like COVID can set in and take a grip of people who mm. who have these conditions or who are overweight. Whereas generally, the theory and the science is showing that healthy people who maintain a moderate weight in line with um, you know, the, the health metrics generally either shake it off or it doesn't progress as aggressive. Yeah. Which which is is a key thing for people to listen to because if if anything, COVID for many reasons has given a lot of people a kick up the arse uh, in terms of lifestyle, but, you know, in terms of the way they're going to move forward, in terms of um, prioritization, in terms of balance, in terms of everything in life. But it really should give us a kick up the arse in terms of... Um, you know, should anything happen in the future, fingers crossed it doesn't, right? But should we experience another pandemic or anything that tests us um, as human beings, being in a decent shape and being healthy is always going to give you a better chance of fighting off anything, right? So I think it will give people a kick up the ass. And, and one of the things we wanted to discuss on this podcast was, you know, what what can we do? We're not going to go into depth here, Spence, about the, we're not going to reiterate the usual things of what you'll read on any blog about being fit and being healthy and stating the obvious. And when I when I sort of started planning for this and researching and looking at things for this podcast, 
I struggled because it is the basics that are, are universally relevant when it comes to being healthy. It's like everybody repeats themselves. It's like good diet, plenty of sleep, cut out your sugars and your carbs, plenty of exercise, you know, all of that stuff that actually, when you look at us as an animal, it is very basic. Yeah. But I think what I want to do on this podcast is just talk about a few things from a mindset perspective first, because yeah. I know you feel, you know, I talk about some of the practical stuff, like I've just mentioned there, mm -hmm. but you're like, well, hang on, it starts up here. Yeah. It starts with your mindset and getting your mind focused on what you need to do and why you need to do it and what you need to do to stay on task. Certainly. Um, it's strange we're in the strange times we live in strange times i know people have said it loads of times we've said it loads of times <clears throat> but people start talking about when we get back to normal when it gets back to normal and i think now after the the lockdown particularly we realize that there's going to be a new normal hmm. um it's not going to be the way it was yes it might sort of we might get back to a sort of normal but the fact that we've been locked down means that We've got new yous as well as a new normal. And when I say a new you, I mean you've had people have had to deal with the fact that we've been in lockdown. So uh what has been the pe what has been motivating people to be in a new you? And when I say a new you, it's not always what we think is a new you, because it's not people good don't go into lockdown and go, right, I am gonna be the best physical version of me I can possibly be. And then you get the Rocky theme tune and a training <laughs> montage. That's not what I'm on about. Because some people sat on sat on the settee eating Pringles and watching box sets. <laughs> you know? I mean there's people out there that sort of say, well, yeah, I I um I intensified my training regime, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's a mindset. But there's also the mindset of people sort of saying, you know what, I'm I'm going to close the curtains, I'm going to close the doors, I'm going to protect me, uh, and I'm going to veg. Yeah. Yeah? But then again, as we come out of that, people are saying, well, you know what, I haven't been to the gym. I've put a few pounds on. My clothes aren't fitting me properly. I don't feel motivated. So what am I going to do about that? Yeah, absolutely. And, and when you strip that down, I, I, we live in a modern world where we can – really over-engineer um, health, we can we can get too clever with it and we can think about it, you know, too complex, if you like. And I think if you everything we do here at T2, we strip it back to being an animal. So, you know, when we do our, our, our leadership courses or we're doing personal development or exec coaching or whatever, we, we get human beings to think of themselves as animals. You know, even though we operate in 2020 as an advanced species with the digital revolution and all of the great stuff we've achieved over the years, right? We are an animal. And we we can, if we never forget that, it's easier to understand, therefore, as an animal, what we need to be healthy to or to be to be give ourselves the best chance of being the best version of ourselves, right? And when you strip that down, if you if you just visualize us foraging the earth two million years ago, we had probably four or five basic functions. Now, we know that we always talk about survival, reproduction, and purpose, but what I'm talking about here is um, th four or five basic things that maintained our health and well-being, right, in that survival piece, which basically is, number one, if you think about it, we have to move mobility. Forget about the types of exercise you can do, whether it's intense hit training or marathons or going for a brisk walk or playing a sport, whatever it might be. We are built to move. That is a fact. 
every person on the planet is built to move. So when we move a lot, we are healthier. When we are immobile and we don't move a lot, our health deteriorates. That is the simple as it is, mobility. We've got to move, right? Number two, we've got to eat. So we've got to fuel our body as an animal, right? We've got to, we've got to, what we put in our body will govern how healthy we are. We put a lot of good stuff in that we can use and our body can use, and we're relatively healthy. We put a lot of shit in that's manufactured and, you know, we're not going to be able to use it and therefore we're going to store it as fat or it's going to impact our body, right? So we've got to move. We've got to eat, right? We've also got to sleep. So the whole idea of sleeping is not anything other than the fact that we need it as an animal so your body can repair, your brain can repair, and we can, you know, replenish for the next day, right? And the better you sleep, the more healthy you are. So when you look at those three things, move, eat and drink. So I'll put drink in with eat, you know, I've got to stay hydrated. Yeah. Move, drink and eat and sleep. It's very simple. Mm. There's a couple of other things I'm going to throw in though, Spence, in terms of what I think we need to be healthy, healthy and that is environment. We are generally built, we was never, never built to be indoors all of the time. We were built in an outdoor environment. We foraged the earth. We were sleeping under the moon. We were having direct sunlight. We were living off the land. We were amongst nature. You know, we were, that's how we grew up as a, as a, as a species. Um, so the more you're not doing that, the more it's going to impact your health, which is why there's a big push at the minute on nature. Getting out in nature is good for the soul, good for the body, good for the brain, right? Um, so I think the environment and being out, outside is really important. And the last one for me, we always bang on about it, is, is social connections. Although we forage the earth, we did still forage the earth in small communities, in groups. We've never, ever as a species operated in isolation. And you look at any species on earth, whether it's lions, tigers, chimpanzees, we, they all roam around in prides, herds, whatever you know the collective noun is. We're not built for, for being in isolation. So social isolation or being on your own um, can impact health. So they're my five spends in mm. terms of when you simplify it, you know, you've, you've got to move, you've got to eat and drink, you've got to sleep, you've got to try and get outdoors and be in the right environment that we were built to be in. And, and you've got to have good, strong social connections and groups. I think uh, there's a lot to be said for that. I don't really want to over egg the, over -egg the pudding. Um, but I think that sometimes we lose sight of that. Mm. Um, and do, do you ever watch natural history programs? Sadly, I do because, um, <clears throat> and you know what? My two daughters are into it now. They, they love, we always look at anything we can on, on natural history or natural ge national geographic or discovery, you know, those programs where you could just learn about the yeah. earth and animals and all. Yeah. And there's a lot, you can learn a lot about human nature from watching those programs certainly certainly and that's the point i was trying to make sometimes we lose sight of the the simple as you said that the, those simple things that make us remind us that we're animals if you watch natural history programs <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure have you ever seen a fat lion <laughs> only in a zoo <laughs> but there you go yeah yeah because they're not moving so, right yeah. so when you watch a natural history program and when i say natural history we could be looking at something that's contemporary we could be talking about um lions tigers the, the big six in africa all this that, and the other we could be talking about um creatures in the sea we could be talking about dinosaurs but it always takes the same format eating having sex fighting or sleeping 
Yeah. yeah, that's all it is. Yeah. It's basic stripped down existence. Which is falls into our thing of survival, reproduction and purpose. Yes. Yeah, your yeah. purpose in the in the in the in the the pride is you fight for the for being the, the alpha, right? The yeah. king. Um and if you don't become that, then you become another role. You're either a hunter or you collect whatever you collect or you protect the females. There's there's you have survival, reproduction, and purpose. And that is as simple as nature becomes, right? Yeah. And the thing is, we overcomplicate things with social media. I'm sorry, well, that's a little bit of a no, big jump. You're right, because let's take these one by one, because right. what you're about to say will fit into them. So let's yeah. take those five, yeah. right? You've got to be mobile. You've got to yeah. move. Yeah. You've got to eat and drink. You've got to sleep, right? You've got to be out in nature and in the environment that we, mm. were, we were designed to be in yeah. primarily. Uh, and you've got to have social connections and groups, yeah. right? So let's take the modern world, and this is this is, this is sort of highlights it for me. The way we've evolved to in the modern world is it, it sets a challenge. All five of those things, the world we live in now, is completely the opposite, really, to the five things that really we uh, were were have evolved into as a species. Yeah. So mobility, move. We don't have to move now. At all, if we don't want to. The world is designed with cars and transport and digital platforms. Even now you can work from home. So this working from home in the world that we live in now, everybody, why need to be in the office? Everybody can work from home. It's strangling mobility even more because now at least you commute to work in the morning. You used to get 2,000 steps in, right? <laughs> yeah. Now you've got to come down 14 flights of stairs, make your coffee and make your way to your back. Yeah. bedroom or wherever you're working from so it's even strangling mobility even more great for flexibility great for being stress-free but it's stopping us from moving isn't it mm. yeah. so mobility is be kids can spend five hours on a playstation on call of duty or adults can sit down on a night without speaking to each other spending three hours checking social media yeah Hmm. The world has, has now been designed and has evolved into a into a, a world where we just are not moving as much as we used to. Yeah, certainly. And that's a problem. Hmm. That is a problem. And if you think about this, everyone's asking the question, they don't make them like they used to. And these generations, mental health's more prevalent than ever. But you look at all of the big five that we're talking about here, they're all inhibited. They've all reduced for these generations. It's it's a strange thing. I mean, I know we 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 do talk about evolving evolution. Um, we don't live in the world the same world as it was when we were children or when we were younger. Um, and they do talk about snowflake generation and all this that and the other. But to be honest with you, yeah, it's, we're evolving. Are we evolving in the right direction? That's a question we've got to ask ourselves. But we also got to bear in mind that um, the influences, the influences on who we are through social media, through the for these young people, where are these influences coming from and what are they what are the influences? If I if I may talk about mm. social media just yeah. briefly, yeah. Um, when we've been locked when we've been in this lockdown, um, again, we've got people sort of reassessing their mindset, reassessing their lifestyle. What am I gonna do? Am I gonna physically exercise even though i'm in lockdown um am i not going to physically exercise because i used to do to the gym but now i'm at home i can't do it or i'm not motivated to do it or whatever or am i just gonna am i gonna hibernate fill myself full of doritos and watch box sets 
But when you start talking about social media or the images and the influences that we get on social media, sometimes we give ourselves unrealistic goals. And when we start talking about unrealistic goals, it's like, right, I need to do some physical exercise because I want to look like that. Well, is that a smart objective? Is that realistic and achievable? Well, playing devil's advocate, I know what you're saying, and I know you always bring this point up. You, you, I know you feel passionate about it. You bring the same point up in every different context, which because I know you feel passionate about it. But in the context of this discussion, for example, whether that puts self-induced pressure on somebody because they're looking at somebody else to say, God, imagine looking like that and all rest. If that kicks your ass into doing something and moving, that's a positive thing. I agree. In the long term, you're never going to look like that. So you're going to get very quickly disheartened, give up, and then you're in a self-perpetuating cycle, which is your point. Yes. And I get it. But for me, it's like, I think, I actually think, right, you said, are we heading in the right direction? I think it will come full circle. I think what will happen is we've experienced this huge shift in technology and in the digital industrial revolution and, and the world we live in in 2020 versus in the 1980s and 1990s and early 2000s, right? And I think we're starting to realize the impacts on mental health and obesity and disease and all this type of stuff. And it is a, it is like a pandemic. You know, we talk about COVID, but this is like a pandemic as well. But I think you'll see now there is a huge push on things like becoming gluten-free, dairy-free, veganism, there's a big push on exercise, on um, steps, on all of this stuff, right? And I think eventually it might take a generation, but I think the technological advancements that will continue to happen are a good thing for many reasons. Yeah. But I think we are having a massive wake-up call as to what it's also doing to us. But I think we'll end up finding the balance, I hope, because I think what the next generation coming through, our younger generation, will be good at is going we've got to turn the tide. So, you know, all the younger people are coming through and going, oh, they're all dairy-free and gluten-free. They're all vegans these days. They're all, yeah, because they're realizing that all their parents are fat and unfit yeah. and dying early, right? So that's a good thing. We will come full circle. And yeah. I think I think we will come back to the fact that we can live in a digital world, in a technologically advanced environment, but understand the basic concepts of human beings and that we need to move. Mm. We need to eat well. We need to sleep. We need to have strong social connections and we need to be outdoors more. And I think as the generations go on, I think we will come round. you know, hopefully I'll be looking down on my grandchildren and there'll be a massive onus on sport and playing outside and re reducing screen time and all of that great stuff. Yeah. I hope we are looking at that. So, so, so from my understanding of that is as a society, um, we've got a new toy. Mm. And now, and what we're doing is we're playing with this new toy all the time, all the time, all the time. But eventually... It'll become because it's not new because it's we we learn how to use it responsibly. <clears throat> well, look at look at the 1960s, 70s, yeah, and 80s, right? In the 1960s, 70s, and 80s, people always say we were a lot more healthy back then than we are now. But hang on a second, in the 1960s, 70s, and 80s, smoking was became really really apparent from the 40s and 50s. But smoking became like a pandemic, right? Everybody smoked. Nobody knew the repercussions of it. We smoked indoors. We smoked in, on aeroplanes. We yeah. smoked in offices. <laughs> uh, you know, you could smoke anywhere. Everybody smoked. Yeah. And um, and then what happened is, over a 20, 30-year period, lung can rates of lung cancer and people dying from smoking went through the roof. 
And therefore, in the 90s and the 2000s, the generation started to realize that smoking was killing people. And you look at the shift now mm. in, in tobacco and smoking in 2020 compared to, 2000, uh, to 1980, right? We've come full circle on smoking. In fact, now it's frowned upon if you're smoking, right? The, the cigarette packets have got warnings all over them. People are moving to vaping and who knows where that leads down to. More people are not smoking than ever. We have a blanket smoking ban in most countries of anywhere indoors. Who would have thought that would have happened 30 years ago? So we've come full circle on that because we've realized that it's killing people. And I think it will take time, but I think we'll come full circle on things like obesity and social media and digital technology on, um, you know, what we put into our bodies, what we feed our kids. <clears throat> I think we will come on it, but it's going to take, it's taking time to realize it and try and find the balance. Yeah. I mean, in the in the big picture of society, it wasn't that long ago we were burning witches and putting young kids up chimneys. And Another that's we don't do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're you're right. So I don't think it's doom and gloom, and I think we've got to look at it. But coming back to the point on this podcast, yeah. right? Why COVID's give us a kick up the ass, and and I think most people are making a concerted effort now to get back to gyms, to get out on the roads, running to to exercise more. One of the things I did see in lockdown was. More families were out on bikes and walking around where I live than any any time before. So hopefully it has kick-started something. But let's let's look at a couple of things for me. Mobility. We have to move. Prioritize aerobic over static activities. So I think the Instagram world of muscle flexing and, and selfies, more people would rather hit the gym and lift weights or whatever, doing static exercise, if you like, you know, uh, than, than they would go for a five-kilometer run or a 10K speed walk, or whatever it might be. What we do know about maintaining body weight is that aerobic is always going to trump static. Um, whether that's riding your bike, going for a swim, going for a jog, run, walk, whatever it might be, raise that heart rate and, and get some form of aerobic exercise in there. Um, <clears throat> in, I've got one of you, Spence, that I wanted to mention. I, I believe we can bring technology to our advantage. So I think invest in health tech. Um, I've got a watch, I've got a Garmin watch that I use primarily for my golf at the minute, but it does everything from my steps per day, from my heart rate, from my sleep, all of that great stuff. And actually, I, if I can average 10,000 steps a day, I'm covering approximately seven miles over 10 kilometers. Yeah. That type of movement on a daily basis helps you maintain weight. And now you that actually <clears throat> means, I mean, you're probably doing more now because of because you've got steps on your watch yeah. than you did beforehand because you're looking at it and you're trying to beat it. Well, oh, I, I, I got 10,000. Did I get 10,000 steps yesterday? But it yeah. prompts you into action. So if, yeah. I, if, I'm, if I get home after work and I've been sat in the office most of the day and I'm only on 4,000 steps, then I go, I need to, I wanna, I'm going to take the kids for a walk on the bikes mm. or I'm going to, you know, yeah. some people might say I might go walk the dog tonight and get another 3,000 steps in. It prompts you into action mm. rather than just not knowing and drifting yeah. through days. So invest in the tech, watches, Fitbits, monitors your calories in and out. So I can tell that if I'm been in, if if I have activity, if I exercise or have a workout or play 18 holes of golf, I will burn on average 1,000 calories more per day than I would on a non-active day. Now, if I'm burning two and a half thousand naturally, then I'm burning three and a half thousand on an active day, which means if I want to have a cheat a treat mm. on an evening, do it on the days you've burnt the extra thousand calories. <laughs> if I want to have a bag of crisps or I want to treat myself to an ice cream or whatever it might be, 
I know I can do it and not put weight on because I've, I've earned it in, in the calories. So the digital tech helps you. So for anybody out there, I mean, you can you don't have to have a all singing, all dancing Apple Watch or a Garmin. Yeah. You can get something online for 50 quid that'll do your steps and do your calories in and out and all that great stuff. So um, invest in tech. In, in, invest in tech. Um, I want to talk about fasting, Spence. You, mm. you, you, you've done it from time to time. Yeah. I've been advised to do it by my rheumatologist for autoimmunity. So if your inflammation levels are high, fast for at least 12 hours or so brings my inflammation down. You you with diabetes, I don't know if it's the same for you with fasting and the impact on diabetes. <clears throat> Some people are talking about fasting to give you a good chance to, to clear everything out. Yeah. When you're constantly filling your gut full of stuff because we feel like we need... Here's another thing, right? We've created three meals a day. Yeah. Who Whoever said two million years ago, you need to eat three times a day, big meals. The reality is, is cavemen and women ate when they were hungry or when they could find something. Yeah. Or kill something. And did you ever see a fat caveman or woman? Um, <laughs> but we don't know for facts, right? <laughs> but the point, the point being is we create this routine where we have three big meals a day plus snacks in between. Mm-hmm. Fasting is this concept that actually you don't eat for a period of time because you just allow your body to to use what it's got, flush everything out, clear the gut, and then you can go again. Um, I've got to admit, when I do have 12 to 18 hours off, uh, if I'm feeling like my inflammation levels are high, it makes the world a difference. It does. Yeah. I think um, there's, a lot to be, there's a lot to be said for and against, to be honest with you. Um, I know there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of people sort of say that the body goes into starvation mode, doesn't it? Um, but the thing, I, I'm, a, I'm a really strong believer in it, to be honest with you. Um, if it's medically appropriate for you, um, then I think uh, uh, the occasional fast, uh, as you said, gives the, the body to sort of recalibrate. Well, it comes back. It comes to my last point that I really wanted to say on this was balance versus extreme on anything, whether it's exercise, diets, fasting, even being mobile. Like you, you know, some people who are not ready go all out. You know, this is the biggest mistake, right? Some people go, "I'm going to get my shit together and start exercising." So they've done nothing for four months. And then they'll go, right, in one seven-day period, they'll run 5K every day, have a 40-minute workout in the weights, and by the end of the week, they're on the last legs, injured. You mm. know, the back's killing because they haven't they haven't got the balance. They've gone straight to the extreme. Yeah. And it's the same with diets. It's the same, you know, I'm going to eat nothing. And all of a sudden, it's Twigs like... Twigs and dust. Yeah, and yeah. it's just never sustainable, right? So same with fasting. It's like if you fast all the time, is it going to serve you well? No. If you recognize when you've had a bit of a stodgy period and you need to have a little bit of a break for half a day or for an evening stroke into the next lunchtime, it's not, it's going to be a good thing, right? But for me, Spence, and and I'll bring you in on any last things you want to say, for me, it's like five things, you know, post COVID, if you want to put yourself, give yourself a kick up the ass and just, you know, get yourself in a bit more shape. Think about the big five. We've got to move. We've got to eat and drink well. We've got to sleep. We've got to get outdoors as much as we can because that's where we evolved from and what we're built to do. We need sunlight. We need nature. We need to, you know, live off the land um, and have social connections and groups. If you feel like you're isolated, if you feel like you're spending more and more time indoors, if you live on your own, and this is a big one um, 
through COVID, if you've been locked down for five, six months and you haven't been out and socialized and uh, and been in circles, it's so important. You've got to do it. You've got to get the courage, follow the protocol, be safe, but get out there and get in groups. Yeah, certainly. Um, for me, uh, I would I would I would start looking at some of the people who might be listening to this podcast who might struggle with motivation, who might struggle with actually um, doing the the physicality of, of exercise, physical exercise and nutrition. Um, they may sit there thinking, well. I can't do this. I can't do that. They may um, be physically impaired in some way. They might have an autoimmune disease. They might um, be sort of have some sort of disability or something that makes um, doing a physical act or physically exercising challenging. For those people, I would say something is better than nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Dan Fallon, a, a PT who I interviewed recently, said exactly the same thing. He said, it's not about going to your local five-star gym or running a 10K or anything like that. For some people, it's um, when they're walking around the house during the day, just carry a, a small dumbbell with you. So he, he had this saying for, for people who were just making small steps, carry something. When, you ca- when you're carrying weight around all day and you're doing those steps, it just starts to uh, put a bit more strain on the body without pushing it too much. And then after carrying something around the house and up the stairs – um for a week you know you can turn it into a brisk walk around the block and then after you've turned it from a brisk walk around to the block you can start slowly doing a, a walk jog walk type routine um and build up yeah something is better than nothing right yeah. you've got to start somewhere yeah it's a really good tip spence but i think either way you know with a minute left just think about it you know we, we we've got to act i think we are going to come full circle but it's going to take some time but in a post-COVID world, one of the alarm bells that has rang is that people who are overweight or obese don't tend to deal with illnesses and ailments very well. So if we can shift some of that weight, if we can get more mobile, if we can clean up our diet a little bit, uh, um, you know, if we can try and improve sleep, it's all connected, right? You start moving more, you'll eat better to maximize the exercise you're doing. You start eating better and moving more, you'll sleep better. You start sleeping better, you have more energy the next day to do it, and it's self perpetuating cycle spencer locker thank you very much mate Martin johnson cheers and we'll be back shortly with another t2 hubcast 